0: Hello and welcome to episode 1197 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, July 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself?
1: I mean, I haven't kicked any coolers today. Not yet, at least. We'll see how I make it through this podcast.
0: Did, did anybody else's cooler kick make you want to kick a cooler? Oh, my God, dude. It is
1: so frustrating, like uh i mean slightly
0: slightly uh, frustrating uh you could you could say maybe a little We're gonna let's talk get right about into it, it. Right. yeah no I let's mean, let's talk, yeah. let's dive right into it we're doing news doing a little three up three down talk about a few key uh week 18 two steps that you might be interested in depending on your league size let's start with the news jared kelnick broken foot gonna be out for a while he kicked a cooler um because he got struck out by Johan duran like one of the best pitchers in the universe. Like, what 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 are we doing here, man? And this goes back to something that you've highlighted before, that one of your big concerns about Kelnick was kind of the mental piece to kind of keep himself in check. He lets the highs kind of overtake him on the positive, but then the lows overtake him on the negative. He doesn't kind of have that even keel. And it's hard to make too many judgments of a guy based on just the stuff that we see. But even last year during the struggles, you see him slamming his bat, Beating himself up, kind of having that outward expression. And then here, again, what are you kicking a cooler for? Yeah, he didn't come through against one of the best pitchers in the world. BFD. So now you got a broken foot and he was already struggling a bit. Where are you at on Kelnick now? You're cutting him because I know you still got him in a few spots, obviously. Yeah,
1: obviously. <laughs> probably He's probably like my third or fourth most rostered player. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think he's a cut. Um, I mean, on top of the fact that. He's probably gonna miss at least a month, if not. I mean, he could miss the vast majority, six to eight, yeah, of the think. rest of the season. So, and we we only have like what, like ten weeks left. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah so thereabouts. Yeah,
1: probably nine. We're probably nine and a half, ten weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, if he misses six of those nine weeks, uh, that is too much of the season and what is he when he comes back like coming back off a broken foot are you going to run okay well now you're not going to run how how reliable are you in terms of like being able to uh actually make enough contact because that's can you plant and get into your
0: power Mm -hmm. you know he has one homer jared kelnick does in his last 150 plate appearances as well so like that's the fact of the matter that we really have to hit on as well is that kelnick was terrible before this and so this, this compounds things. And that's why I think it makes it a pretty easy cut. Yeah. More or less everywhere. I think AL only you try to hold because there's not going to be too much out there. And obviously your IL situations matter. We do start first and foremost talking in the NFPC world. You don't have IL spots. So that's, a, that's a cut where you have ILs. You can put Kelnick there. But if you've got some superstars there already that you're waiting on, like, you know, I'm trying to think of some guys that are like Kershaw like, got Sale, you got, I, I got Cedric. Mullins,
1: like, you got Cedric.
0: Yeah, like there's so many guys that are going to live on those spots over a Kelnick if you only have two, three I mean, IL spots. So even borderline
1: players, because I mean, I think I think Kelnick was a borderline cut in 12s and 15 easily already. So yes, even uh, before this, yeah. So you add in the injury now, I think he's a really, really easy cut in, like you said, just about every format.
0: Yep. I think that's that's the move here. Let's talk about the guy who was called up uh, to maybe play some in his stead. Not a direct replacement here, Cade Marlowe. Uh, I do think it'll improve the playing time of A.J. Pollock and Dylan Moore as well. But Marlowe's a lefty. Both those guys are righty. So you could still see a platoon situation. Marlowe did start yesterday batting eighth and playing left field. Cade Marlowe's 26 years old, and you might get excited when I tell you he had 11 homers, 25 steals at AAA. Sure, But it was in the PCL where offensive numbers are just off the charts in general. I think they're higher than even normal this year. Put up a 793 OPS, which you're like, hey, that's not too bad. That's 14% below league average. So I'm not putting too much stock in what Cade Marlowe did at AAA at age 26. 25% K rate there, that's pretty high. You're going to bring that to the majors. It's probably going to be closer to a 30% mark. I like the 25 steals on 29 attempts, but is there anything that... Cade Marlowe does that has you interested in anything but like an AL only if that, by the way.
1: I mean, maybe a cheap stolen base source. Like, could he potentially be like Jake McCarthy-ish Was you know last year. Um, I mean, I guess, but ultimately, uh, there there were already rumors um, after the Kelnick news broke that the Mariners started reaching out to teams like the Mets for Mark Canha um,
0: and other guys. you well, talk about him. In a yeah. moment because they had an I actually I can move that up. We can bring up Starling Marte heading to the IL and that opens some Mark Canha extra playing time there. I mean he he plays pretty consistently, but now with that, he and Fam um can can play every single day. Fam's been obviously raking batting too. He had a couple of days out due to injury. But uh Canha can play more. Maybe DJ Stewart gets some burn there against uh the occasional righty. I don't know. But um where are you at on Canha? Would you rather he be traded? Do you like him still with the Mets? He has six homers, seven steals, a 109 WRC plus. It's pretty bland, but there is some deep league viability there. Do you like Canha as an everyday starter?
1: Nah. I mean, not really. Like you I mean he's played 80 games and six home runs, seven stolen bases. Like that's just not, it's not enough fantasy juice for me to really care about. And uh unfortunately, like all the teams that really are looking at trading for him are mostly teams in not very good parks you know Seattle is not a very good park like in, in yeah if he was going to Cincinnati I'd be like okay well hey maybe there's a little <laughs> that's like, the last thing they do but like they don't they don't need a mark Hanna. uh so uh no I don't think Hannah is very interesting it's a little bit of a bar because I think they would have liked to trade Starling Marte um, yeah and Tommy Pham got hurt yesterday so wait he got hurt
0: again yeah because he just came back from a couple of days and like i shouldn't say it that, really such, that that surprisingly issue.
1: yeah okay so,
0: um, so
1: no he says he said he's like uh you know it's not super serious you know they asked him if uh, if he was uh, gonna miss or if he's gonna avoid the il and he goes i don't know yet you know so and then
0: he slapped the reporter for asking
1: yeah exactly he i said, can't you know people on your il
0: yeah, Tommy Fam gets mentioned. We're gonna we're gonna bring up the slab. That, that's absolutely. still gonna be a thing for a little while. Let's just be honest with it. So, probably um, Mart- the
1: rest of his career. I mean, at this point, and
0: that's true. That's absolutely true. With Marte, is he's somebody you're hanging on to?
1: Um,
0: we pull up the exact injury. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's it's migraines. So it's one of those um, nebulous things. I mean, I think I probably would try. 24 stolen bases. I think you got to – he he takes a priority spot. You know, Marte is somebody I hold over at Kelnick, for yeah, example. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're looking at stuff like that, you try to hang on to Marte as long as you can. You never know with something like migraines. It can be something that lingers, causes a lot of problems, or clears up in a week, and he's back on, you know, after the 10-day minimum stay. So uh, be careful there. Uh, Jordan Alvarez coming back on Monday for the Astros. What do you think this does to the playing time – Cascade there, and I will mention that uh, Yonder Diaz has caught two of his last three starts. I wonder if that's laying the groundwork for mm-hmm. uh, him to play more behind the dish because not only is Maldonado, uh, you know, a dreadful hitter, his framing numbers this year aren't great. Now, I know Houston's not a team that's going to overrate a single uh, half season defensive sample, they, they know how they feel about their catcher, and if he has pitchers that trust him, I think he'll still play. I don't think I'll, uh, Maldonado's out. But I do wonder if this is, like I said, laying the groundwork for Janir Diaz to catch a bit more when Alvarez gets back. But how do you see the playing time shaking out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Maldonado loses time. I think Janir Diaz loses a little bit of time um, because I just don't think they want to put Jordan in the outfield very often. Um, I
0: think so. so, I think that's fair.
1: uh, You know, like I said, when we were talking about Janir Diaz like a month ago, um, like he needs to throw Maldonado under a bus. Uh, I still stand by that statement. Uh, so, uh, say, say
0: that last part again? I'm sorry.
1: He, need, he needs to throw Maldonado under a bus, like literally. Oh under yeah. A bus. Like,
0: yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like again, he's third to last in framing, which is supposed to be Maldonado's strong suit. I don't know how noisy those numbers are. I know a lot of defensive numbers are noisy in half ear samples, small samples but again that's supposed to be the strength of Maldonado and here he is with the likes of um Shay Langliers Elias Diaz they're down they're down there at the bottom real muto actually down there as well william contreras the, the Milwaukee catching compound does it again man they could turn they could turn me into a great catcher they they are unbelievable with that so uh,
1: the only thing on uh, Maldonado's uh, stat cat's page that is not blue is his pop time. Everything oh, yeah. else... Is
0: that real, makes sense. Like, just, yep. oh. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't even surprise me there. But uh, you're not making any preemptive moves with Diaz, right? Because we've got Yiner Diaz as a C2 in a lot of formats. I think we can afford a little loss of playing time. You know, he's cooled down a little bit, too. But I'm going to hold here for a while. I'm not going to make any preemptive moves. Are you with, with Diaz?
1: No. I mean, I, I can't imagine um the, the catchers on my wire uh that makes the uh sense to move uh on yeah I mean I mean I, I mean, guess someone drops Wilson Contreras or someone drops like I don't know MJ Melendez or something like that. I mean that'd be a
0: one catcher league anyway where you're yeah. probably not even having Diaz yeah maybe you're riding him when he was super hot in a one catcher league um yeah that's the only thing I could think and you know he's been a little He's just got a handful of hits since the since the break. Uh, only four games. We're not going to analyze that in any tangible way. But, uh, yeah, obviously Alvarez coming back, going to get him in your lineup. I think you stick with Diaz. We're going to talk about another guy who's been playing a lot and been killing it in three up, three down. Um, I don't think he's going to lose any playing time with this, but I, I'm curious if you feel like one of their outfielders might lose some time just the way, just with the way things are going to shuffle around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Crawford's going to head to the IL. Now, he wasn't super fantasy relevant, probably deeper leagues, and so the guy that could replace him here is also going to be more of a deep league play. Casey Schmidt, we talked about him a long time ago because he hit the ground running. When he first got called up, it was clearly a flash in the pan. It was a bunch of hits, high babbitt. Uh, but he's going to be the shortstop now. Is there any, like, NL only, deep mixer, any intrigue there? Or do you have to go to another team to find your replacement if you were still running Crawford out there?
1: I mean, he's probably already rostered in NL only. Uh, yeah. That's I, that's. I mean, I guess you pick him up if he is available in your NL only because he's going to play every day. But, no, he's not very good. It's a 59
0: uh, WRC plus now for Schmidt. Again, he started off on fire for, like, I don't know, seven or eight games and has completely come crashing down. Casey. Yeah. I mean, So I don't think you want to necessarily look, and I agree probably rostered in some NL only's maybe shouldn't be though. Maybe maybe (laughs) those teams should check in on him.
1: He's just a uh, younger version of Brennan Crawford, which is not a very good offensive player that plays really good defense. So he's going to play regularly. Um, But yeah, he's not something you really want in fantasy.
0: His last 25 games for Casey Schmidt, just casual 107, 242, 125 line. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little bit rough. So, yeah, I think you look elsewhere there. Staying in the Bay, Ryan Nota, got hit in the face apparently with uh, with a ball in pregame warm-ups, which yeah. fractured his jaw, and he still played and raked in the game. And then he's like, oh, dude, I think my face is broken. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he said it like that, but I, my guess is if you still play – you're kind with a, of a, with a broken with a jaw? broken yeah. face. Yeah. yeah, you're kind of a dude, bro. Is like, oh, it's broken. Okay, I guess I'll come out. That sucks. I don't know if Ryan Note is a surfer dude, but I'm just imagining.
1: Like, I, I I was thinking more like a caveman. Face uh, hurt.
0: Face hurt. Face fat. Face ouchers. broke. Yeah. Baseball hit face. Mm-hmm. Out your face. You know, yeah. You so he's early,
1: gonna- dude. It's a lot of home runs.
0: Yeah. I like um, that. My, my he probably smart as hell and he's just like, "No, I'm just not a bitch." And so when I break my face, we're gonna I still find play play
1: play. out Yale or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Don't don't be talking shit about me. I'm smart." And I knew what I was doing. I took a calculator risk and I still dominated with my broken face. But he was actually, you know, finding some finding some footing here. Eleven homers, seven ninety-four OPS for Noda. He was finding some mixed league viability as a fill-in first or outfield. So that's kind of a bummer. This does open a clear path for Tyler Soderstrom now, who is gonna call it up. He's a catcher who doesn't catch. In fact, I don't even know if he qualifies a catcher. I think we talked about that the other day, mm-hmm. where on uh um, only
1: only on Yahoo.
0: Yeah, and and NFBC, his profile says C, but his eligible positions is only first base. So they trick you there. He's going to play all the time now, and it will also open up Jordan Diaz for some playing time. And he bats third every day. I know it's third for Oakland, but I'm curious if either of those guys hit more of a 12-15 team ra- radar for you. I think Soderstrom already had some 15-team appeal, but where do you stand on them now that some extra playing time opens up? Let's start with Soderstrom.
1: Uh, well, Ryan Noda went to the University of Cincinnati
0: okay i mean that's, that's not about know, a bad school yeah yeah not a bad school at all so uh maybe not a caveman yeah. and like i said just tough as hell and said mm-hmm. i can still play even with my busted jaw
1: uh i think Soderstrom. if you need power i think like he's a guy that you should be taking a look at i mean he's gonna play do, every
0: do, day do you like a more than monday based on this because again we talked about him on monday no, we talked I think, about his power but there just, is some extra pt here i think
1: I think he was gonna play the other way. I don't think you bring up okay. a guy like Soderstrom, uh unless you think he's gonna be a part of your everyday lineup and in Oakland, I mean anybody could be part of your everyday lineup I mean, <laughs> we are gonna talk about Jordan Diaz. he's a part of the everyday lineup. so uh, yeah is know. he doing
0: anything for you? no the the, you underlying
1: skill, the underlying skills on Jordan Diaz are atrocious. I know like okay. Like people are like, Oh look, he's got power and he's not striking out too much. You look at like the underlying numbers, um, and I'll bring them up real quick, so I'm not just talking (gasps) on my you just
0: just described Michael Franco. Is he Michael Francoing?
1: Oh, he's total I mean I mean this is Because for
0: years we took his like quality K rate with some pop and but I, I will speak for myself. I won't tell everyone else that they made this mistake. But for years, I was like, oh, Mike Franco, he's going to pair this ability to make contact consistently with the power and eventually be great. And he was not great. Yeah. So, so it so sounds like he, so that's what Jordan Diaz is doing.
1: Yeah. Jordan Diaz has a 41.6% O swing and a 15.5% swing in strike rate. Um Right, he's making a ton of con and he's just a guy who he swings all the time. He's got an almost eighty percent zone swing rate. Um like hot damn. Like he is he's making a lot of contact in the zone. Like that's a really, really good thing. Um and maybe he can outrun some of the underlying numbers for a while, but I think eventually they catch back up to him. Uh it's very similar to like uh you know, the profile we saw that had us fading Michael Harris coming into the year. And so he could have a Michael Harris ish type kind of, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a little bit different player, but, um, he could have that kind of like hot and cold stretches where like, Hey, he's on fire for a few weeks and then, and we've already seen it since he's been up, I mean, just, you know, he had three home run game and then, you know, Went like 0 for 12
0: or something like that. Yeah, Diaz had a a three-homer game for half of his home run total thus far. And you mentioned Harris in hot and cold. I mean, look at his April, May, Mm -hmm. where he's like under 500 OPS or or very close to. And then he's been like a mid-900s since June. Like uh, Michael Harris, if you stuck with him, he's come around. If you cut him, I feel bad because... You didn't get any of the goodness, but it yeah. was really rough there. And in, in, in Of course, if you, if you drafted Michael Harris, I think you had to write it out. Even though both of us were skeptical, I don't mm-hmm. think we were telling anybody to no, cut. I, was, I don't. I, was I don't believe people
1: so. That pick him up. I mean, I was yeah. Thinking, you know, like, is oh, the, oh, once he became a, a
0: free agent, yeah, you got to you know, steal when
1: you know, jump, you know, dropping them off their teams. Like you got to go out and get a guy who has that kind of ability especially a guy who plays that good of defense right like absolutely michael harris is and they just gave him a fucking contract like you know clearly yeah they they and
0: they weren't just gonna quit him off of uh, a month and a half of cold work so yeah absolutely agree there so Soderstrom, nothing really changes if you liked him monday you should still like him jordan diaz Uh, It's a little bit of fool's gold. If you need Mm -hmm. him in like an AL only, I mean, he's probably already rostered. The number three hitter, even on. If you want to try to
1: ride the hot streak,
0: like go ahead. But like the hot streak will end. like that just, you know, I think that's totally fair. All right. uh, Let's talk three up, three down. We're doing hitters and then we'll get into some pitchers with two step Mickey Moniak. Have you been paying attention to this? Because this yeah. kind of snuck up on me when I was seeing these numbers here. Seven homers, 333 average, 374 OBP, and 602 slug in his last 115 plate appearances since June 1st. I mean, Mickey Moniak is a former number one overall pick. So I know that gives him some cachet to where you're like, hey, this dude is out mm-hmm. here raking. Uh there, There's something here. Do you see something? I mean, even the composite numbers, is a 165 OPS plus with 11 homers, three steals. Obviously, the bulk of that has come since June 1st. Is is he arriving? Is Mickey Moniak arriving here?
1: Um, I think so. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's a straight
0: platoon. I should mention, by the way, 21 plate appearances against lefties, and they're god awful. He is a righty destroyer.
1: And the underlying skills are atrocious. Like, I mean, so, like, do I think he's going to play pretty regularly. <clears throat> he's obviously not going to be one of the guys the Angels trade at the deadline if they uh, um, decide to sell. Uh, but, like, I don't know. He's striking out a 30% rate, uh, and it should be actually worse than that. He's got an over 20% swing strike rate. His O swing oh. is almost 50%. Uh, and his own contact is under 80%, which is just atrocious. So like the, the, he has been running extremely hot, you know, uh, up to fucking. Yeah. I was going to um, say, do
0: we need to give a content warning before we give this bad, because it's yeah. like really sexy. It's like really hot. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't know if we should be saying such lewd things this morning, but I'm going to say it. Okay. Trigger warning. A 470 babbitt against Reynes Yeah. in 144 point appearances. Dude, that's bananas for Moniac here. We're talking about Mickey Moniac, number one overall pick from 2016. Finding some foot. I'm I'm happy about this. Like, I want to see some success from him, but I don't think I'm like and, falling and for it.
1: Remember, him. too, like, Moniac was, while he was the number one overall pick, it was because the Phillies wanted to go under slot. Like, he wasn't even a top 10 prospect in that draft.
0: Um, and, it wasn't a great draft. You can look mm-hmm. back on it now, and if you get perfect knowledge, I don't think you can tell them to go in too many ways that you're like, yeah. you stupid idiots. You know, Nick Senzel was the number two pick, Ian Anderson, Riley Pint, Corey Ray. That's the top five. And I don't think you can really go too much further when you're saying, like, to redo these picks. You can't go all the way down to Will Smith at pick 32 and say they should have taken him because nobody knew Will Smith was going to be that yeah. good or else he'd have been a higher pick probably. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I I don't think that they – Completely botched it. He is the second best of those top five with Ian Anderson's early work giving him 3.6 war to lead the top five from 2016. So you are right to point out, though, that he wasn't like some ironclad yeah. 1 1 mm-hmm. superstar. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you are riding this, though, or not even grabbing it in like, uh, 12s and 10s where, where going to have availability. Cause in 15s, he's being, he's being, uh, rostered.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only place in a 10 that I would think about picking him up if he's still available is, like, maybe trying to flip him. Um, you know, like, pick him up and, like, immediately put him on a trade block, package him with someone else. Uh, I just – I think you've probably missed the majority of the goodness. So uh,
0: all, all righties next week, I will point out, on Moniac uh, and the you Angels. You pick him
1: up for the week and, and you go for it. I, you know, I think he's just one of those guys that – he could go like one for 20 in his next you know 20 plate appearances easily and that would just
0: be that would just be standard regression off of such a crazy bad so that's why it's tough to fully buy in but if you got to ride it as like a band-aid I totally get it but you should be looking to upgrade him uh let's talk about your Giants again here and Wilmer Flores another one that really surprised me uh where I was like I did not know he was kind of off the charts since returning from the IL 389 424 741 with five homers and 59 plate appearances since coming back for Wilmer Flores is this just a hot streak or is he uh is he playing some of his best ball right now akin to what we saw from him Back in the 2020 season with the Giants, which was, of course, only 55 games. So it's not even a full season. Where are you at on Wilmer?
1: I mean, a lot of this is um, inflated by one really big day. Um, okay. You know, he had three home runs in one day. You, If you look at the game log, it, you're like, what do you mean? He had two home runs one day and one home run the day before. But the home run actually came on that same day because it was oh, the finishing of the suspended game. That's
0: right. That's right. So,
1: like, he had, you know, three of those five home runs are, are from just like one day in Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, he actually um, hit four homers in Cincy. I, I yeah. didn't notice the breakdown there. I will say, if take off the Cincy series, um, you know, even though that, that seems unfair because he did so much great work there. But if you take that off and you still just look at what he's done in the 12 games other than that, he still has an 877 OPS. That's more batting average fueled, but the power has definitely come from the Cincy run.
1: Yeah, the problem is even with the Giants ha- being a little nicked up right now, is he's still going to be on the short side of a platoon. And
0: oh, he, really? He's not even playing against uh, Riders that much, Wilmer for right. us.
1: I mean he has been this week, but it's just been because he's hot and they're missing guys. So True. Uh I think once guys start getting healthy, I think he'll be back into that short side of the platoon. So um, you know, JD Davis was nicked up and uh and uh Wade Lamont Junior was nicked up. So Lamont Wade uh, Junior. I'm oh, sorry. Wow, I'm it is way too early in the morning. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get up at like right, five 30 yeah. to do this. So just, let's just be fair here. Now, Wilmer is 62% rostered in the main event. Should that be higher? That's 15 team.
1: Yeah, probably. Cause he's multi-positional eligible. So like First, second, third guys like that are just so valuable when like, you know, for instance, like, you know, you, you know, I lost both Kelnick and, uh, and Mullins this week, you know, mm. after, uh, after rosters locked for the first half of the week. So, like, the ability to move a guy, you know, that might be outfield eligible for my UT spot into the outfield and then move Wilmer Flores into my UT spot or into a corner infield spot um, is really valuable. So, like, yeah, his eligibility. But the overall talent level, like, he should be your bench bat. He should be a bench bat that you move in when you need, not in your regular lineup.
0: That that's a great way to put it with regards to Wilmer Flores. Uh, Fifteen team Swiss Army knife definitely helps things with being able to move guys around, so that you can always make a good roster move. I've got Brendan Donovan who's fulfilling that while also raking. Even though he, uh, you mentioned to me offline before we started, he needs TJ, and mm-hmm. yet that hasn't slowed him from yeah. hitting. At they haven't all. announced
1: he needs TJ, but he has been dealing with an elbow issue, uh, and that's why he can't throw right now. Yeah, he's fully de aging. Yeah, so uh, and he's supposed to get a second opinion or something this uh, later this week, so or or maybe early next week. Uh, so if the Cardinals follow it, Brendan Donovan probably could, no. is done. Yeah, no, but don't say that. I need him. The Cardinals are also like on fire right now. So they're
0: cardinalsing. They're cardinalsing we, right the the now.
1: Big I time. buried them and said, oh, they're gonna they're gonna start you know selling pieces. They go on a hot streak that might get them. Uh, probably, it probably won't get them back in contention. Just because. I mean, it has a good chance
0: to, though. I just. Yeah. They have enough. They have as much talent as anybody in that division.
1: Absolutely right.
0: So mm-hmm. it's like we're we're not even going to be surprised if they come there all a the way back.
1: Starting pitchers away from like legit, le, legit. Being I think, a really great team like.
0: I think Lance Lynn returning is the perfect fit for them. Yeah. I, I really do. That park would help the, stifle the only, some of the homers.
1: The only problem is, would they want to pick up his option? And do they want to bring in another player, another pitcher? Because all true. five of their pitchers are not under contract next year. Um, so uh, do they? Yeah, it'll be interesting want to see to how they play it. I think they want to bring in someone with control. I think they're really yeah. looking at 2024. So, we, um, we counted they
0: have 10 games left before the break, or before the deadline, rather. And if they go seven and three in them, Along with the six-game winning streak that they've already got, I don't think they're selling the Fla- Jack Flaherty and, and company. I, I don't yeah. see it. They they would have to stick with it and, and push. Unless they're
1: so. getting a huge return, which they could, because the they market could because is- the market's
0: tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I totally agree with that. Uh, But we'll keep an eye on the cards there. But that was one more for us. Uh, last one in three up. Chaz McCormick, dude is blazing hot. Now looking at him since June first, uh, we've got a. 127 plate appearance sample with 346, 433, 618, eight homers, six steals. That is a 40 30 pace. That's pretty, pretty insane. He has hits in 14 of his last 15 games, ton of multi hit games in that run. Um, Chas McCormick is absolutely on fire right now. And overall, like he had a bad May, but it was a pretty decent April. And then he's been great s- since June 1st. Overall, it's a pretty damn good season, a 9.03 OPS with 12 homers, 10 steals. Love what McCormick is doing, and I don't see how he comes out of the lineup. But going back to the Alvarez return here, I want to bring up McCormick in a way to kind of ask you if you have any concerns about Corey Jolks vis-a-vis the Alvarez return pushing Jolks out of some playing time because he himself has been playing well, but is McCormick too dialed in? To, uh, to sit at all, and thus when um, when Alvarez plays left field, which will be rare, I agree, but then do, do they turn to Jolks being the sit now?
1: Um, I mean, I think they could just because Jolks isn't a very good defender, and I think they would rather have, like, maybe sacrifice a little bit of offense at the bottom of the lineup uh, and, uh, and bring in, you know, Jake Myers. So... I think it's definitely plausible that uh, that Jolks loses some playing time, but I mean, it's not like this isn't the Astros team of old uh, that we've seen a lot over the last few years, where they're just stacked top to bottom. So, you know, I I think they're going to ride high hothead a little bit, um,
0: but think everyone still kind of plays. Then,
1: yeah, I think I think it's kind of they just mix and
0: match the best they can. Okay, let's pivot back to McCormick then. Um, part of this hot streak has been helped by the schedule. In fact, four of the last five have been against lefties and he certainly does his best work against lefties, does Chaz McCormick. But again, you can't really poke too many holes in, in the overall performance. Still has an 834 with eight homers and nine steals against righties in 157 plate appearances. How do you feel specifically about him? Because there's still some 12 and 15 team availability on McCormick and I'm wondering, if that uh, that availability should drop a little bit,
1: uh, I mean he's just getting really, really lucky. He's he's, he's got a You're getting lucky. Yeah, he's got a four seventy BABIP since the beginning of the month of June. Uh, it's a, a three fifty two BABIP uh, on the year. You know he's hitting two eighty six, but the xBA is two forty one. Like uh, making below average zone contact around eighty percent. So no like this isn't gonna continue but i guess he ride the hot streak especially because he's a good defensive player um so like he should get regular playing time either way but i think he's one of the guys that once uh he once he cools down he goes back to being in like that hey i'm gonna play you know three out of every five games type thing
0: okay so you you, you do worry that there could be some playing time dry up for mm-hmm. somebody like McCormick. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll see on that. I, I do like that he offers some nice power and speed, though. And you know, he's a yeah. guy I wrote up in the in the forecaster. And I was hoping that with the new rules, he could leverage some of his speed. He had some good speed metrics, but he wasn't running very well. He was eight for thirteen on the bases in twenty one and twenty two, and I was like, this guy is a better base runner. So I, I am doing a little bit of a back pad on that one because he's ten for eleven. So I feel good that I saw some. uh potential improvements there for McCormick if he was just a bit smarter with his choices because he had the speed to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with him playing. And then Jolks in 15. you holding? Um, I don't think he, had, he 17 steals, by the way. Oh, 17 steals. Wow. Um, 15, 15, excuse me, but still a decent number there for Jolks. Mm-hmm that's interesting is that that too hard to give up and maybe you have to wait and see and if the playing time really dries up maybe you cut him i think maybe you don't preemptively cut jokes
1: it's so hard because like he's a guy i've cut like three or four times he's been on every team
0: in every league so far it seems right he's bounced around a ton
1: and he is one of those guys where like you think oh he's fast so like hey he should be a good defensive player but like he's he is not a good defensive player. So Speed um, alone can
0: can only do so much it's defensively. It's the
1: Ma- Malik Smith thing where like, hey, yep. I can get to the ball, but I still can't figure out how to, you know, find it. I can, I, I can
0: get anywhere in the outfield. I don't take the best routes yeah. there, though, right? Yeah, stuff like that. Um, So you're, you're you're holding jokes at least until we see what's what, right?
1: Yeah, I I think so. but I think think you you should. The hard part is, like, we've had a lot of outfield injuries recently, so, like, there's just not as much on the wire than there was a month ago.
0: Yeah. So maybe just ride it out with jokes. Uh, He's been a nice little find for those of you that that got him when Alvarez was out. He has nine steals since June 1st, and we'll just kind of see what happens with his PT before. Why don't don't I give
1: you, like, a would-you-rather from some of the guys that that are available uh, in my main event? Um, Okay. Will Brennan or Corey
0: Jolks? Jolks.
1: Yeah, I just think the the fantasy juice is better, right? I mean, unless you need batting average. Which Uh, is so hard
0: to to pick up for.
1: Is same answer on Mark Canha?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, they do, like, they both kind of do a little power, a little speed, but I think it's more speed from Jolks, and that's more high impact, whereas Canha, as we talked earlier, just kind of is right he's just kind of decent
1: mm-hmm. uh and then you i mean then you really get into the dregs. your boy dylan carlson who yeah i mean i, I love dc I mean, but like,
0: exactly yeah um, i gotta stick
1: with jokes there kevin kiermeyer who's been pretty decent this yes, year. yes he
0: has and yet he's available every week he's on my list every week as like the third or fourth (laughs) guy i always get somebody before him so he goes back on the list again four homers 11 steals his playing time's a bit more locked he is a brilliant defender kevin Mm kiermeyer is i could see making that move if i I am really worried about jokes is yeah i i I can see that because i think going forward the pt is going to be in favor of kiermeyer for sure barring another injury that would open it for jokes but we don't know that right now so yeah i think i'm going to go kiermeyer
1: What about Alex Call, who's been hot?
0: You know, he intrigued me um, with Washington at different parts earlier in the year, especially when he was batting leadoff. He's been the everyday nine hitter, which you don't love. But again, some pops, some speed. I'm still going to lean jokes, but I'm close on that one. And if PT is the biggest issue and I just need the volume, I think you lean Call by a shred there.
1: And then, I mean, it's just a bunch of like... Randos. Oh, yeah, random. The only guy that I, I I think maybe we might be interested in is Edward
0: Oliveris. Oh yeah, you, a little you bit know. under
1: under owned because he just
0: came off the IL. You know, I can't uh, I can't quit him. I actually, interestingly enough, though, I did quit him. I, I cut him last week because yeah. there was no freaking timetable. Now I'm not that mad about that, right? Like I'm kind of referencing how people cut CJ Crone when they had no idea what the time frame was, and he just kind of randomly came back. I knew it. I, I knew that, that Olivares could be returning, but I wanted to get Zach Gel off because I thought his speed impact was potentially higher. But yeah, I do like Edward Olivares. Between he and Jolks, again, I think if, if I need the more guaranteed PT, I think that is going to go to Olivares right now. So I would lean that way. Right. Although he's, he's played two of three since returning, and his one sit was against a lefty. This dude can't even get regular Wait, burn against guys.
1: the lefties. They can't sit him down anymore, but they hate him. It's is it, is
0: him. Edward Oliveris? Um, I don't know what nationality is. I was going to just say whatever his nationality is for Jason Mott to, but I, mm-hmm. I botched it because I don't know where he's from. But uh, you know, uh, for those that don't know, a Mott like intensity, Venezuela. Okay. So it's Venezuelan for for Jason Mott because they hate him with a Mott like intensity, and that's a very deep cut reference it uh, for ol- only for old people. So yeah. if you're young, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay with Houston as we go to three down. Jeremy Pena. Now, this was a guy I had some problems with coming into the season. I was really nervous about his plate skills. You look at the power speed, 22 homers, 11 steals last year. That was great. He's on Houston, a good team, so people were excited. I had my nerves. And I don't bring that up just to be like, see, I told you. Just pointing out where I was on him at the beginning of the year. There's plenty of guys where we say, I love this guy, and he sucks now, or vice versa. Um, But this one... I, I think the writing was on the wall. He does have 10 homers and eight steals. Sure. But he comes with a 669 OPS and lately 137 plate appearances, 211, 263, 281 with two homers and two steals. That's since the beginning of June for Jeremy Pena. Are you holding him in? Where, where are you holding Jeremy Pena? How about that? Let's, let's narrow it down that way.
1: I mean, I'm definitely holding him in 15s, just, like, looking at, like, my main event wire. Like, I'm not okay. dropping him for So Luis Let's move to 12s Renifo. then. Uh, all right, so moving to... I'm just going to pick a random 12-teamer uh, in my main event. I would be okay moving on for, like, Zach Neto. Yep, um, me too. I think Luis... Garcia's interesting but i just don't know if there's enough fantasy juice to move
0: you've you've liked him for a minute
1: uh hurl the perdomo i worry about the long-term playing time so i think i'd probably just stick with pena Uh, wait who's
0: gonna play over perdomo i think
1: they're gonna i I think if they add they could add they could add it shortstop or they could bring up jordan uh,
0: lawler that's interesting i don't think that they I, i think they love perdomo I will I disagree Perdomo on his is playing time. It's right. like
1: a super utility infielder. Uh,
0: I can see that. I can see that being a better deployment of Perdomo, but you know they're they're not they're not even playing Nick Ahmed over him really. Um, it, it's kind of a uh, two to one playing time situation with those two. But okay, so that that you got some concerns on Perdomo. Um, uh, GP anybody else?
1: I, I would keep paying you there. I, I oh.
0: Josh Donaldson to the sixty-day. So we had talked yeah. about that a little yeah, bit he, on Monday. His career is over. I, that, that I I tend to agree with. How do and we had some positivity to say about Peraza. D- does that obviously make you more positive now that uh, Donaldson's yeah. on the sixty-day?
1: Yeah, because I mean, at worst, you're going to get stolen bases from him, you know. And I think he should be a better hitter than he than he's shown uh, previously so in the minor or in the major leagues. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's a guy that lights the world on fire, but if you're looking for speed, you know, right now, I think Peraza is probably one of those guys that is available on a lot of wires. That you know, he's going to play every day. We know he can run. They've even let him off at times. So uh, Peraza is definitely a pickup.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Uh, with Oswald Peraza. All right. So that's Pena. This next one, man. This is high end. Byron Buxton has a 582 OPS since May 1st, 159, 259, eight 8 homers, and steals in his last 212 plate appearances. So when you're getting any production, there is some fantasy juice, right? 8 and 8, that's something, but is it worth it, man? The composite line is 15 homers, 8 steals, and a 193 average. Where are you at on Byron Buxton? Is he a cut in 10s, maybe 12s?
1: I don't think you can cut him. Like, I just, he's just too talented so of a player. bad right now, dude. He's striking out like you wouldn't. And it's amazing because, like, what have we always said about a guy like Buckson? It's like, well, he's on the field, like, per plate appearance. He's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and he's just not right now. Uh, And the underlying skills aren't great. I mean, you're talking like an 80%, you know, maybe 81% zone contact um a f- almost 15 percent swing and strike rate since may 1st
0: 37 uh- percent k rate uh since his lat- latest return from the il which is 108 plate appearances in 28 games now he also since- has a
1: 189 babbitt since may 1st
0: okay but and, and that's fair to bring up then you have to kind of go to that next level of like how much is that of, of that is on Byron Buxton because of his yeah. p- poor contact and his poor ability to to be consistent and his 32% K rate, right? So like some of it's probably on him, some of it's probably some bad luck with the 189 OPS. Or I mean, Babbitt for Byron Buxton. So, you sure you're still holding in tens?
1: I think I am. Man. Mm. I, I can I under think. I can understand dropping, but. He should probably be rostered somewhere. It doesn't necessarily need to be on your team, but he probably that's should be fair. rostered. He's one of those yeah. things that could legitimately, if you're in a head-to-head league, he could win you your playoffs. You know, if you're in a roto league, he could just carry your team for the end of the month. Like if 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 he hits 20 home runs the rest of the way, are we going to be surprised?
0: No, not. I mean, that's the thing. Buxton's talent is such that, like you said, he can carry. You mentioned the name Jake. McCarthy earlier. Um, Buxton could can, can really go full McCarthy and with more pop even. But he's like just 16. be that second half god.
1: Buxton is sixty-two plate appearances away from the most amount of plate appearances he's had in this season since twenty seventeen.
0: Buxton's eighty three percent at Yahoo. Jake Fraley, who rakes daily, is sixty eight percent. I would make that move.
1: I can understand making that move.
0: I love Buxton. I want him to be great. I don't think I'm going too preemptive here. You're right that he can be a game changer. If he got going and the BABIP came in order and he got the K rate under 30, it is not difficult to envision. Yeah. But it's July 21st, man, and I need some performance. I'm taking Jake Fraley rakes daily all day. What about Luke Rayleigh while we're rhyming things? He's only 62% rostered. Now, he doesn't bring the speed component as much. But also, neither does Buxton, really. It's eight for the year. Those eight since May 1st, those are his eight all year. He has eight for eight, but he's very selective with his running. Does Rayleigh do anything for you with what he's been doing with the Rays in a 10-teamer for Buxton?
1: Yeah, I mean, Rayleigh's playing every day. He's um, just forced
0: his way in. He's just been so damn good. They're like, I got to play, bro.
1: And I mean, I don't know
0: if he called Cash bro, but it'd be cool if he did. Listen, bro, hmm. I got to play.
1: He's hitting third, like, a lot. You know, like, we definitely bounce him around the lineup a little bit. But, uh, I mean, he's mostly hitting third in that lineup. I think you've got
0: to go with, really. Oh, man. I think I I would. I think there's going to be a handful of guys out there in 10s and 12s that are going to be available that you're going to have to make a really hard decision with now You might have an easier cut.
1: It's so funny because you look at, like, the underlying skills on Buxton and the underlying skills on Rayleigh—they're the same. They're not
0: good. <laughs> a lot of swing and miss for Rayleigh too.
1: Yeah, so like Rayleigh has a nineteen percent swinging strike rate. Mm-hmm. That's uh, huge for those
0: that don't know. That's, yeah. that's very big.
1: Uh, you know, usually you know, rough you know way of getting a strikeout rate is doubling the swinging strike rate. So nineteen exactly. percent is thirty-eight percent strikeout rate. That's percent zone contact, which is 5% below league average. Swings outside of the zone about a, a little over a third of the time, which isn't atrocious, but not great either. Uh, he's just swinging a lot in the zone um, to kind of, you know, Hey, I'm going to miss a lot, but I'm also going to hit a lot. So, I mean, I I think Rayleigh will fall apart at some point. Um in, might not be
0: until next year though.
1: But yeah, I mean, I think you, he might
0: run out the clock.
1: Yeah. you you got to roll with it until it happens yeah 353 babbitt like that's just not
0: sustainable um so hey when you uh, hit hard you can you can maintain a higher than normal babbit but yeah three is a little outsized is
1: 315 there. is like you know i think more. yeah 315 would
0: be a good number no that, that's fair that's fair. I, li- I like rayleigh though just check your wire i don't think you have to universally hold buxton without any further analysis i think you should see what's up and if fraley's out there i'm definitely making the move you guys know Mm -hmm. i've been on fraley's train for a while last one here in three down ty france you know justin this player type is a little bit of a quiet killer in fantasy because it kind of sneaks up on you in fact he's put up three months of 700s uh ops ranging as high as seven uh, as high as 783 as low as 702 and it's just kind of meandering meandering and then this month, 14 games so far, but it's a 350 OPS with a 152 BAB. It's really cratered, so that makes it look a lot worse, of course. But I wonder if we needed this kick in the pants here of the of the bad uh, July to sh- to expose the fact that Ty France has been so bland prior to this point. So his last 20 games, you're looking at a 120, 185, 147 line with three runs batted in. Does this cold streak expose that there's just not enough juice to be holding Ty France? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think mean, there's just not enough fantasy juice, especially for 10s in, in 12. But, I mean, even in 15s, he does get a fair amount of runs scored four runs scored on the air. But there's just so little power. There's virtually no speed at all. He's got one stolen base on the year um and i mean even i think radicalized has a stolen base so like you know, not <laughs> you know the only person who doesn't have a stolen bases here is like daniel Vogelbach.
0: uh um, oh, poor poor danny he could play more with uh Marte out
1: yeah uh yeah i just i just don't know if they're especially if right now if you're looking for a guy who can help you make moves in anything other than batting average
0: because yep. i
1: do think he can like, I do think he can hit for a good batting average. I'm
0: he could get he, hot and France could hit 300 plus the rest of the way without without even blinking. I don't think you know that that's certainly possible.
1: Yeah, but his, his batting is XBA is 261. So, like, he should yeah. be hitting 260, 270 like he normally does. Um, uh, or actually, my oh god, he hit 291, 305 for last years. Uh, so maybe he got lucky those years, getting a little unlucky this year.
0: I mean, it, it, his biggest change for for France has been against righties. Seven eighty nine OPS last year with a two seventy five average, down to six forty four two twenty six this year, and it's only. I mean, it is a nineteen point Babbitt move, which I was going to say only. That is a that, that's something, but it's also not crazy. It's gone from two eighty four to two sixty three. It's not that alone for France. The Babbitt drop. Like the production just isn't there. He's not striking the ball as well against righties. And obviously that's who you face the most. And so it's just, it's been really hard to to kind of hold it.
1: Yeah. And one of the issues with him is he's always been an aggressive hitter in the zone, but he's become more aggressive out of the zone this year, uh, which I think is one of the reasons why the batting average has kind of plummeted down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's seeing more pitches in the zone. So like he's being more aggressive out of the zone. Well, he's seeing more pitches in the zone and he's being less aggressive in the zone this year. So like, I don't know. Like, this almost feels like he's got some sort of sight issue because he's just not seeing the ball uh, nearly as well as he has the last few years. Maybe this is just regression catching up with him, but I, I don't know. If, is he even rosterable at a 15 at this point? Like,
0: that's what I'm thinking.
1: I'm sure he's a hundred percent rostered in the main event, but um, like, I don't know that he should be like, I, Seven home runs in like what I mean, how many play appearances does he have? Like close to 400. Um, yeah, let me me see. 399.
0: Yeah, Um, so literally right there. Like,
1: that's not that's
0: that's 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 bland as hell for Ty France with a 247 average, especially.
1: I mean, you were talking about cutting Josh Naylor, who only had one category. (laughs) Damn it.
0: no scrub that by the way how lucky did i get he goes and hits two homers no no i was not i had a friend uh disabuse me of that notion immediately and i insta flipped i was like no no."
1: he's not only a hundred percent rostered He's being started in 83% of me. And this is what,
0: this is exactly what I mean about Ty France and those hidden killers, because he's just kind of meandering along blandly. And even this cold streak only puts him down to a 688, which is bad, but it, it doesn't jump out to people. Like this guy is bad and not helping me in any format. And so, I mean, AL only sure, you know, that that's a whole different bird. We don't always have to make that caveat, but, um, what are we doing here I, I'm at least sitting France in 15s I would consider a cut though I like him I know he was a high draft pick he was somebody that i was I was ready to buy back in on this year but it's not there and I just I don't think you can keep running this out I think I'd go for somebody like uh well he's eighty one percent roster but he happens to be available in my league like Chris Taylor has more fantasy he yeah. even with his flaws I think I'd rather go for him do you have any guys that that you're looking at in your wire that you would uh take over? Uh, uh France right now. Let me, because I can come up with some with some more here. I mean, what about? I mean, I will say the 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 pool is dry, but what about like a Ramon Urias who has three position eligibility? Uh, He's hitting two fifty nine, three twenty eight, four hundred with four homers, three steals. So it's not that different, but maybe you like how the much lineup playing, better.
1: How much? Yeah, I mean, how much playing time is Urias gonna have? It's a good Ooh, question. Let me let me look. Yeah, like he's already like only playing like half the week.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I see uh, that. I see that. Four out of four out of the last six over at third. Uh, one at second. That's fair. I mean, may, maybe the fifteen team situation with France is that it's been hard to find but like a replacement.
1: Wilfred Flores is only sixty two percent roster, and the, obviously, I, I would go for him. Yeah. I, I I think Flores, you know, is like a Soderstrom like, you know, he's And you know Can I point out also
0: I mean, That France is 73% rostered at Yahoo, which is like 12 and 10s. So that's still too yeah, high. So even if you even if you say, okay, you can keep him in 15s if you want right now. I don't get this 12 team love for for Ty France. I would yeah. take Jamer Candelario, <laughs> Wilmer Flores, Michael Garcia, Jake Berger. Definitely those guys, probably more, but those yeah, are just absolutely. four guys off the top. Okay, so be careful with Ty France. I think you got to start to look for some cuts and some shallower formats and at least assess, right? At least deep dive mm-hmm. him and say, is he one of the best guys for my team? Maybe that's still the case because you have a thin wire, but like he could be your cut for Christian and Conercio and Strand if you pick him up this week, I think.
1: I was just thinking
0: that exact same thing so there you go all right let's talk about some potentially intriguing week 18 two steps we're not going through all of them just picked six out for you to see if you're streaming them anywhere let's start with dean kramer in baltimore um he's got pardon me let me get the matchups dean kramer's got at philly and home to the yankees that second one really not that scary the yankee the judgeless yankees in camden that's a decent setup trip to philly not great Interesting thing about Dean Kramer is the K's are way up this year, up to twenty-two percent, which is still an un uninspiring strikeout rate. But for him, it's super big. You picking up Dean Kramer anywhere for a two-step stream?
1: Um, let's see. I want to double check where these games are. Uh, at Philly, that one scares the crap out of me. That's the
0: one that's scary. But I I love New York at home because w- without Judge, they're so terrible.
1: Hmm.
0: He's no, been actually,
1: scary. remember's actually been worse at home. Oh, he has. Like much oh. worse. Four ERA mm. on the road, five forty-three ERA at home. Wow.
0: Do we think there's viability to that, or like bad luck? Because he I crushed at home last year.
1: I feel like that's got to be bad luck. It's it, it it's based on a few really bad Ooh. starts at home. The seven earned run versus
0: Minnesota. Ninety-eight point BABIP difference too, home and away. Oh, okay. You picking him up in uh, in fifteens, Dean Kramer?
1: I mean, I think he's probably at a roster in most fifteen.
0: Actually, I was going to check that. Sorry, let me let me see his roster rate. That'd, that'd be my guess. Oh yeah, he's hundred percent. Okay, what about twelves then for Dean Kramer? I don't think so. I the that Philly that Philly start just is too scary for me. That's fair. I, 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 he's not high in this on on the list here. Yes. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is he luring us back in? He's been good for four straight quality starts. The strikeouts still aren't there. Uh, it's almost like he's realized, okay, I just I can't get strikeouts and have success. But he looks a lot better lately. Are you back in on Graham Ashcraft? He's got at
1: at Milwaukee
0: at the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. At but the one good, one
1: bad. But neither are really good parks.
0: Um, I know, but Milwaukee so he, he that's one of his quality starts in this four game run
1: i streamed him in my main event against my own giants who were like super hot um and it worked out like i was screaming at it like the seventh <laughs> inning started and i was like just pull it just please oh my pull god he yes six innings and only give it up one run. and they gave up a home run and they pulled it was like oh thank god it was just a solo shot like don't you know, even um, bring him back
0: out on that one though i agree like, i was watching yeah. that that game uh 12 team viability
1: i i think he is a 12 team straight up streamer um and where you can use him and then cut him streamer because like he he gets so many ground balls he's so dependent on uh on just his defense behind him which is okay but scary though when he doesn't put it on the ground, it can go over the fence really easy. So yeah. And uh, in that park, that's so scary.
0: 15% K rate. Yeah. That's, that's so brutal. Uh, Michael Grove, Toronto and Cincy both at home. So two tough lineups, both coming into Dodger stadium. Does he have 15 team viability the other two were 12 teamers, but Grove has more. Uh, He is, let me see. He is. 42% 42% rostered in 15. So this is a 15-team question with Michael Grove. What do you think?
1: Ooh, uh, another tough one. And another guy I streamed in my main event this week. Um, it nice. A, a really nice start. Yeah, um, I'm going to have some real tough decisions going
0: into
1: it. <laughs> you're, reali-
0: you're realizing <laughs> that the, the, the decisions are piling
1: up. I'm going to have to probably play two of Michael Grove, Graham Ashcraft, and Michael Kopech. Oh, Kopech, dude, don't even get me started. sitting on my I mean, bench, dude. Oh, why? Why does he do this to me? And I know it's fraudulent, I, yeah. I don't you you have, know, I don't have time to like go on a Michael, yeah. Kopech.
0: But I know that you know the next time you start him, he will kick you right in the tee.
1: Oh, because he still walked four guys. That's the in thing, five innings. It, he, like, it, he
0: didn't even fix he his problem
1: majors in walks 57 walks. I'm not even looking this up. I, I know I how have, many walks he's got.
0: I haven't regretted cutting him. I will say that I cut him a long time ago. Michael Kopech and I have not regretted it. But anyway, um, you, so you like Grove for 15s? You picking him up?
1: Yeah, I am. I, I definitely am going to be a little careful about my starts. And he's—I mean, this is a pretty tough two-step, so I don't know that I'm necessarily starting him. But I—I I, I felt like he was having some small sample uh, kind of unluckiness, and that things yep. were going to even out if he got an opportunity and the injuries that the Dodgers have had have given him the opportunity, I think there's a really good chance he sticks in the rotation uh, and maybe uh, Sheehan moves to the bullpen or or goes back down to the minors if and when they get healthy or add guys at the deadline. So uh, I I like Grove. Um, I'm at least sticking with him until I know what the Dodgers are doing at the deadline. You know, maybe they they block him off and he goes back down. Uh, But for right now, I'm sticking with him on my rosters, not necessarily
0: in my lineup. Team streamer for sure. Uh, if I can avoid this this week with the, those two starts against Toronto and Cincy for Michael Grove, I will, I will do that. Christopher Sanchez, my guy, pumped him up on Monday. Baltimore and at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know I'm in on this one. What about you? Fifteens, twelves, where are you at on Christopher Sanchez?
1: I mean, he's just been so good. Like, yeah, I think he's an all four. Oh, he,
0: in fifteens, he's already, he's 100%. Yeah. So twelves for Sanchez. Twelves
1: and tens, I think, right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think there's viability to go for 10s for yeah. and 12s as well. Uh, and then the last one, Aaron – no, no, two more. Aaron Savali, KC, and at the White Sox, I think that's an easy scoop. Probably the one of the best of the bunch. Savali's uh,
1: been bad, though. like I, There's no strikeouts.
0: Uh, no, he hasn't been bad. He's wrong. No, no, no. Was, Five was, earned in his last four combined. No Ks. Huh. You're right. Three, two, nine, made, weirdly. And then two.
1: All right, yeah. And I mean Kansas City is just a true I mean, Michael Lorenzen Bro. just carved up Kansas City again. Like just- uh, all-star
0: Michael Lorenzen, thank you very yeah. much.
1: Yeah, just I shut I, your you damn know, mouth. He's so easy to write my sell high article for next week because Michael Lorenzen is going to be in bold on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just put Michael Lorenzen, you don't put yeah. anything else. You yeah. know why. Uh Steven Matt's your boy from a couple years ago at Arizona, home to the Cubs. He's back in the rotation. He got the devil magic sprinkled on him. Does he have a second half run in him? Steven Matz. I mean You don't have to commit to the second half, by the way. I'm just asking for the two step.
1: The changeup was really, really good last night. He yep. had a fifty percent um CSW, I think, on it. Uh like which is unreal. Um
0: He was the I, guy we've all fallen in love
1: with last night at the Cubs. Like he absolutely was. However, he's still pretty much a two pitch guy that mm-hmm. when he loses command of you know, especially the change up, but just either one of his pitches uh, all of a sudden, like he is worthless and like, and that can happen. Like and he's, he has been one of the unluckier pitchers in baseball. Uh, but I still think that there is a lot of risk. So I, th- I would say team streamer, you know, at home, you know, in that good park with a good defense behind him, I can understand, but like, don't be like, Oh, this is, he's my dude to carry me. It's my changer. Hand. Yeah. My game changer. Definitely not so your
0: changer. Twelves, do you like at, at our Arizona Chicago because he's not that available in 15s. Um is, is Matt somebody that you would, would you go Matts or Grove in a twelve?
1: Um, a uh, Grove, Cincinnati, and Toronto. I think I'm
0: going Mats here. And then Mats or Ashcraft in a twelve.
1: I think I am going Ashcraft.
0: I think so too. So my order is is Sanchez, Savale, Ashcraft. Matt's Grove Kramer. Yes. I okay. Agree. So we're, we're in agreement there. All right. A little rapid fire there to end it. Uh, episode is in the books. What do you got planned for Sunday, if anything?
1: Uh, hopefully I'll be able to go with Jason. That That okay. is the plan uh, at this point. So... Uh, I apologize. I really wanted to do a Sunday episode last week, but I was just too exhausted when I came back.
0: From yeah, that, that was coming off of your trip. That's no, yeah. that's no problem yeah. there. And um, obviously next week we'll have our normal episodes. The week after, the deadline's on August 1st again instead of mm-hmm. uh, July 31st. We will do an episode kind of previewing it, uh, kind of seeing what's going on, maybe if there's been some trades before that. And then on April, uh, August 1st, I will be doing a stream again with – Nick Pollock, and we might have you on. You're being a guest on Joe Rico's uh, yep. Deadline show, which he's going to be doing. It has a great lineup, so check that one out as well. But come through. Check out both of ours. Uh, but, yeah, we will talk next week. And coming down the stretch, we might have some extra episodes come in to help you bring home those titles. I know you've you're working on several titles. So have a great weekend. Talk to you later.
1: Take it easy.